I'm so um, honored to be with you today. And I really, I'm going to share this verse that freely we receive, freely give. But I really want to share with you something the Lord is teaching me and something that I feel like as I was praying for you, I was like, I just want to bring life and encourage. And what can I do to strengthen New River online, in person? Um, I, and the Lord just spoke clearly these two things. And he, it's the power of the gospel in giving us authority and giving us his gifts. It's Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. And this morning, Jesus wants to affirm who you are in him, in your identity. And when you stand in who you are in him, it's the authority that you stand in. So many times we struggle, you know, to, to be holy or to, to do what's right or wrestling, you know, in, and not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of powers and authority. I love what Spence said about the warfare when we worship. You know, the enemy is defeated. But there's something about authority the Lord really wants to solidify today of who you are in Jesus. It's the gospel. And then the other thing is his power that's available to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the moving of God in and through our lives. And we can, so these are not new truths, but I really feel like it just the burning heart of God. Could my people just operate in who they are and what I've paid for? You can feel that burning heart of God. Like I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. And we do not function many times in what he's given us. We don't walk in our identity. It does not matter. You know, if I preach and you hear and you read in the word, if you don't believe it, you're not going to walk in it. It's crazy how that works. God does not violate our will or force anything upon us. He freely gives us, but we have to lay hold of that which he's laid hold in us. So I'm imploring you this morning. You are saved by faith. It's the grace of God. You chose to say yes to grace. Your yes was your faith. I'm imploring you, encouraging you this morning. Say yes again to all that he's paid for, all that he's done. Because it doesn't matter what you said yes to a year ago, 20 years ago, yesterday. Every day we need to say yes afresh. Of this is who I am in you. And this is what you've done for me. And these are all the gifts, all the power, all the authority. I say yes again. And he appropriates his life through us by our faith. And you can't live on yesterday's faith. And I, I don't know how many of you, like me, we just get tired. Like the world beats us down day after day. Do you know the world is not godly? 
The world does not agree with the word of God. You know, the way of the world, it's, it's Satan's temptations in the garden. According to 1 John 2.15, you know, the blast author of the word of God, John, is saying, do not love the world or anything in the world. Why? And, and he mentions the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The Bible starts with that. God, temptation in the garden. These forces of, that are temptations, that are the way of the world, the appetites in us that align with those temptations. Jesus was tempted by those same three things. So this is beating on us every day. Our flesh. Unredeemed appetites that we have to crucify every day. Jesus, Jesus said, take up your cross daily. Before he said that, sorry. He said, deny yourself. So this is not a one and done. You are saved by faith through grace. Yes, all your sins, past, present, and future, forgiven forever. That's the gospel. Now, to live out the gospel, you deny yourself every day. Because every morning you wake up wanting to fulfill your desire. I mean, you wake up with your flesh. So you have to say, no, Todd, nope, not about you today. Take up that cross and I'm going to follow Jesus. That's our lifestyle. So I just want to remind you today, let's stir up this proactivity because the days are getting more and more evil. You know, Matthew 24, Jesus said, the love of most will grow cold because of increase of wickedness. And I'm seeing it's getting more clear the dividing line of either we're going to be radically righteous or passively wicked. And when Jesus said the love of most will go cold, it was talking about those that were following, not talking about the world. So I just want to encourage you. It is not a huge hurdle. It does not take super faith, super men, super women. It is the average, broken, weak, tired, you know, unmotivated. Like it's us that he's coming this morning saying, just step into what I've paid for. The gospel is not good news because you have to strive to get it, to walk in it. It's good news because it's freely given. And no matter what you feel today, no matter what you did last night, no matter whose family you're born into, no matter what your bank account, no matter, no matter, no matter, there's good news this morning. There's power and authority and gifts he wants to freely offer and so I just want to, I hope you are ready to receive. That's, that's all it takes. So Father, I just ask you to anoint your word. There's a lot of scriptures this morning we might look at. But I just ask, would you wash us with the water of the word? Renew us, Lord. 
Give us your eyes. Give us your revelation that we would believe your word more than we believe our emotions, more than we believe the news reports, more than we believe any things that the world tells us of who we are. We just say, God, would you define us? Would you establish a firm foundation this morning for us to stand on? And even better yet, a a race, a, a path for us to run the race on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I just want to start this morning. I heard um, Keith mentioned he's been going in the book of Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians. And I just want to look at the very beginning, and he may have already shared this, but in First Corinthians verse 18, Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I love that. You know, the word salvation in the Greek, sozo, means to be saved, but it means to be healed and to be delivered. And it's a process. Do you know, I got really, when I pray for the sick, one time somebody said, you know, a miracle is instantaneous. Healing is a process. We are being saved. We're being healed. We're being delivered. We're being set free. And it's the power of God. And then go a little bit further. Chapter 2. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. It says, uh, and then 3 to 5. So it was with me, brother and sister, when I came to you, I did not come with an eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So important, even coming to church, we don't think, I just need to hear a cool message and get my back scratched a little bit and my faith fluffed up and then I'll just go out and feel good every Sunday. Our faith, our hope needs to be on the power of God. I mean, the worship team's awesome. Spence is awesome. We should come going, thank you God for a good worship team that's in tune, that's passionate, that's singing and, and this beautiful church. But Jesus, I want you, Holy Spirit, My faith, my hope this morning's resting in you. Would you meet me? Which he is here, amen. So good. And by the way, anybody who knows how to do those communion things, you guys are like, it takes almost a doctorate degree to figure those out, doesn't it? So don't feel any shame if you weren't able to rip that open. Jesus loves you. You're welcome to come back to this church. I had a real hard time. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then Romans 1.16, you know, this is another iteration of this same message. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to those, everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Greek or the Gentile. So there's something about the power of the gospel, and that's what I want to bring this morning. And the first thing I want to talk about is the authority that comes from the gospel. 
It's legal authority. Now, I don't know about you. There, there's a big difference between power and authority. Even with a somebody, you know, on the street, you could have somebody really scary looking that maybe has a gun or something or they're, you know, ominous, big guy coming at you and you're like, ah, you know, they can look, they have power. It can be intimidating. But if you have authority, you're not intimidated. So like, it's like somebody who's, and I don't know if it, anyone has bad experiences with police officers or anything, but put that aside for a second. Just look at the principle. Somebody who's like a police officer who maybe isn't so big and so strong and, and doesn't have all that intimidating, you know, maybe they're a short little girl that's a woman police officer. They have authority. You know who's going to back her up? The whole United States Army. All the armed forces of the military are going to back up her because she's representing the government. She has authority. It's different. We do not need to be scared of any big things, intimidating things. We have been given authority. All of heaven backs us up. We don't have to be supermen and superwomen. We can be sons and daughters of the king of the universe. It's like being born in a royal family. You don't have to strive to be cool. You already are cool. You're royalty. But we don't always believe that or after we sin a couple times or things happen or we lose something or we end up feeling more like this insecure orphan child instead of a royal son and daughter. So I just want to encourage you. This is about authority. Matthew 10, 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority. It doesn't say he gave them power. He gave them authority. And then what did they do? They drove out impure spirits, healed every disease and sickness, healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, and drove out demons. And how did they do that? Jesus said, for freely you've received. So freely give. The gospel opens the doors for you to freely receive all his authority. And then you can give. You receive his power. You receive his healing. His... The gospel. We have to step into the fullness of what he's paid for. The cross. And then it's not, you know, we are supernatural. Just, you know, pinch yourself. Tell your body, I am natural, but I'm supernatural. There's something in me that's supernatural. It's the life of Jesus in you. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's not me making all this effort to do something great for God. I no longer live. I've been crucified with Christ. I, this is not a mental flip you have to make. This is legal. This is true. This is more true than what you feel. You actually right now have been crucified with Jesus. When you received him, 
through the gospel of grace, believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again. And if you put your faith, your hope, your trust in him, that he forgives you past, present, and future and fills you with his spirit, puts the seal of heaven, the seal of the Holy Spirit upon you. So you have been crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. So Paul says, Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. I love this. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The actual Greek says, I live by the faith. It's Jesus' faith in us that empowers us. It's not faith in him. Jesus, I believe, I believe. It's actually his faith operating through us. He believes in us. He activates his life in us. Do you see that this is not about you making a great effort? Sometimes we think faith is, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I'm getting tired of believing, but I'll try again. I believe this is Jesus. I Die to my strength. I let go. I can't do it. I couldn't do it yesterday. I definitely can't do it today. So Jesus, but I put my faith, my life, you live your life through me. The life I live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Why is he doing this through me? Because he loved me and gave himself for me. It's not about you. The good news is he still loves you and still gives himself to you. This is amazing grace. This is how sweet it sounds. He saved a wretch like you and me. Not just back when we prayed that prayer. It's for today. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing you all night and all day. And every now and then, when we drop our guards, we start listening. And when we're not feeding ourselves with truth, we start believing the lies. You know, the best lie is the one closest to the truth. You know what? You did this, this, and this, and this, and that was wrong. That might be true. And so you are guilty. You are shamed. You have no right to share any gospel. You have no right to say you're a loving husband or a good father or, you know, like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to be cleansed this morning from lies. Your identity is not based on what you do. It's based on the word of God, who God says you are. And you're only going to walk in authority and power if you have the right identity. So you have to believe truth. All right. And then this is First uh, John 3, 8. <clears throat> it shows the, the reason we have authority and Jesus came. <clears throat> it says, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy. <clears throat> Excuse me, can I have some? 
The devil's work. Thank you, my bride. Jesus came not just to save us. He came to destroy the devil's work. How does he do that? Through you and me. So I'm encouraging you today. Our posture is never supposed to be defensive. Our posture is supposed to be offensive. We are called to take back what the enemy's stolen. When Jesus said in Matthew 18, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This revelation of Jesus being the Messiah, being the king. It's not, let's stand at the gates and hold back the gates of hell. No, it's not the gates of heaven. We're holding and persevering, uh, preserving from the enemy. It's the gates of hell. We're breaking open. When it says the gates of hell will not prevail, that means we're busting through the gates of hell. Is that crazy? We're not supposed to be scared of the world closing in on us. And we got to get a bunker and build some fortification and hide some guns. I mean, I'm not, if you do that, bless you, that's fine. <laughs> I need your phone number in case something shakes down. <laughs> So do that, but also charge out into the world. <laughs> if I was in Texas, man, I'd be like, oh, shoot. Okay. Everyone lift up their shirts and show me they're packing, you know. <laughs> I don't know, Ben. Oh, man. You know, Ben came. He was one of our, came and lived with our, us in our house. And he's like, Todd, I hope you don't mind. I brought a couple of my guns. I'm like, how many? It's like nine, 13 guns. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this one's really good. It's for, you know, protecting the house. I'm like, what? It's this sawed-off shotgun. I'm like, what are we doing? But when we left on trips, we're like, you know what? Our house is good. We're fine. Ben is, yeah. He lives this destroying the devil's works. So I just want to encourage you. Jesus is all powerful. I love Colossians 1:15 to 20. It's probably one of my most favorite verses uh, that describe Jesus. He is the Son is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. This is Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. This is Jesus who lives in you. What are we afraid of? What are we striving to have victory? Why? He has supremacy in all things. And he, we don't worry about the devil. He created the devil. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. All things. God still loves the world so much. He's sending us. First he sent his son. Now he's sending us 
to reconcile all things. Let's get that proactive, offensive, let's take the world back for Jesus posture and not just try to avoid sin and sickness and, you know, self-protect. That's not in the Bible. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross, it's all about his blood shed on the cross. That's our authority. That's our identity. That's our posture. Luke 10, 19, this just nails it. Jesus said, I've given you authority in Luke 10, 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Now, you know, this isn't for all of us to run out in the country and find some snakes or scorpions or something. In book of Revelation, the same author, actually, no, it's Luke. So in the book of Revelation, though, there's the picture of Satan is the snake. She's a snake in the garden. You know, Luke's playing on that. But also scorpions... John in the book of Revelation equates scorpions with demons. This says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And then if you're wondering, what is that metaphor? He finishes the verse very clearly. Jesus says, to overcome all of the power of the enemy. And then you're like, that sounds a little scary. Jesus adds this last line. Nothing will harm you. You have authority over the enemy and nothing will harm you. And then in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and earth and he gives it to us and says, now you go. The word go in the Greek there is go as you're going. It doesn't matter if you're up on a stage. It doesn't matter if you have a degree. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You're to be going with authority. And making disciples is basically pass on to everyone else what you've received. Just share what you've received. You freely receive, freely give. It's that simple. It's authority and his power. His goodness, his grace. Okay, another thing, you don't have to look it up, but in Revelation 12, 4, talks about, you know, Satan <clears throat> tempted, and he, he drew a third of the demons in heaven. It says the, the tail swiped, and a third of the angels came, you know, down and served and followed Satan. But, it, but I, I was just reflecting on this, because I was in the desert like two weeks ago. I was in the Jordanian desert, in the Arabian desert. We're praying with former Muslims, with Jewish believers. It was crazy kind of these, these meetings that was amazing with these leaders from around the world. And I'm thinking there's hundreds of millions of Muslims all around me. And we're in this little group, about 120 of us, worshiping Jesus right where the birthplace of Islam happened. And it was like the audaciousness of us to actually think God could break the power of this demonic religion that really is shaking the earth. 
nine billion Muslims around the world. But I saw a vision of angels coming out of heaven when we were worshiping, and it was similar to what Spence said. I was like, what? And I felt the Lord say, Todd, just keep loving me and loving each other, and I'm going to do the fighting. And I was like, wow. And then I realized there's two-thirds majority angels to demons. Those are good fighting odds. We don't have to be intimidated. This is not an equal match. Jesus talks about the little children having guardian angels. That means all of us have at least a couple of angels guarding us, walking with us. This is two to one ratio of angels to demons. And you have personal angels guarding you. And there's warring angels. There's ministering angels. There's messenger angels. Look at Psalm 103. It gives like five to seven descriptions of angels. They're all, and, and it says in um, Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? All angels are meant and they're sent to serve you. We have amazing odds. We have the king of the universe in us, Jesus, who has all authority. And you have twice as many angels as any demons trying to attack. So let's walk in this power. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to um, look at a couple of other scriptures. And I'm gonna, I don't know if the worship team wants to come up at some point here, but one thing I felt when I was praying is the Lord brought to mind the prodigal son story and it was more of the older brother. Do you know, somebody said that that story is really about the two sons, two lost sons, not just the prodigal. And I feel like the Lord said, some of us just are hardworking the father's business. Like we, we know the father, but we're... And we see someone who's not been following God and they get up and they're sharing power testimony and they walk in power and they do this and this and this. You're like, man, I've been serving all these years and I'm not experiencing this joy that this prodigal, you know, the fattened calf was, you know, sacrificed from this huge party given for him. And, and the father says in, in uh, Luke 15, 31, he says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. I feel like God's saying this morning, some of you have not been enjoying all that the Father has for you. You've been too busy working. Too busy trying to be a good Christian. Just gonna be a good Christian. Just gonna tie them in it try to work on my self-control, my character, and I'm gonna, which is awesome. We need to walk in godly character. But you know whose character it is? You can't muster up good character. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's all fruit. 
And to be a good fruit, to walk in good character, we just need to let more seeds of the Word of God be planted. Let Him water us more. Cultivate the soil of our hearts. And let the sun shine on us. Did you know character is grown? It's not quick. You can't pray for someone, God, give them this character trait. You know what? When you're praying for character, you're going to go through trials. Because guess what? <laughs> to get more fruit, you need to cut more branches, right? Any farmers, you know, when you prune, that's when you get a great crop the next year. So you're starting to go, what? I'm getting all disciplined and all this stuff's coming out of me. Hallelujah. You're going to bear more fruit. But gifts are different. Characters grown. Gifts are given. And some of us, like that older son in that parable, are not enjoying the gifts the Father has for us. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, we need to ask. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 1, follow the way of love. The way of love is character. It's, I believe all the other fruits of the Spirit come out of love. Some ways of translating that verse in, in Galatians 5 is the fruit of the Spirit is love, colon, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's the expression of love. I think last time I was here, I taught on love. But gifts are given. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I want to remind you of what we read in Matthew 10 already. Freely you've received, freely give. So if you could stand up for a second, I'm just going to invite you to have a posture of receiving. And I'm going to ask two groups of people to even come up. And if you don't want to come up, you don't have to. But two things. And one is, you're saying, Todd, I just want to be washed with the water of the word of who I am, my authority as a son and a daughter, that I'm, I want to renew my covenant, my commitment, my agreement with the gospel, that I have all authority because Jesus paid the price with his blood. I was thinking of the parable of the persistent friend at midnight that came to his neighbor asking for bread. And God says, Jesus said, because this is what the, the it was because of the shameless audacity, he'll surely give, give you as much as you need. So I say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. One who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I just want to invite you to come up. If you want to ask God for His gifts, ask God for His, all the benefits of the gospel, all the benefits that He paid for, He wants to freely release this morning.